And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, here we are once again. It is a Sunday for you people, and we are coming at you with another edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We just had the UFC with the welterweight championship, teammate versus teammate. No one knew what was going to happen except the teammates. They kind of did, and in the end, Kamaru Usman takes it from his challenger, Gilbert Burns. Josh. What did you think of the fight? I thought it played out exactly like I thought it would, John. You said it just oh, like <laughs> you lying, some bitch. Man. Oh man! I mean, it, the first round played out like I thought it would. I thought um, Gilbert, obviously, the speed was a factor in the first round. I continue to say that the speed. I thought Gilbert came in with a little bit too much energy in terms of he let the adrenaline get to him, and you saw it. Yeah, um, he had a good first round. He was picking him apart. The speed was the factor. Usman took the same approach, though, when he fought Colby Covington. Stayed composed, stayed relaxed, let the fight come and come to him. He didn't try to overextend himself. He didn't try to do too much. Um, I think he really has discovered who he is as a fighter. He's not just a wrestler. He's got a good stiff jab. He's got a good push kick, tip kick, whatever you want to call it. That little toe kick he threw a couple times landed nice and clean. You saw it kind of give Gilbert a little bit of a jolt. Um, I think... Burns did everything that I thought he was going to do. He just didn't do it as long as I thought. And that jab definitely was, the, I mean, as much as I don't want to give the uh, commentary team a whole lot of credit, the jab was effective. The jab was effective in the, in the Colby fight. The jab was effective tonight. And uh, man, he's got some power on it. He's got a good, hard, clean, stiff jab. It's the most underutilized weapon in all of MMA. And the people that do have success with it or are able to um, shape it to their game, they're able to have success with it, and it's very effective. And uh, he's he's found that he's found that little um, that little niche where not a lot of people use. And if he can continue to do that, people are gonna have to figure it out. They're gonna have to start moving their head offline. They're gonna have to start realizing that it's there. But you gotta be careful though as well because that push kick is there, that toe kick is there, and that's nasty as well. So those are two things that he has to utilize his reach. You know, that we had talked about. He's long. He's lanky. Those are the things that he has, I think, working for him in that weight class. He's a big guy. No matter what Henry Huff says, he's long and he <laughs> seems enormous. And I've he's seen big. him at, at events. He's big. You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's only probably about 188, 189. I'm like, I don't With think. zero fat. Yeah, yeah, zero fat is A correct. whole lot of muscle on that frame. And don't get me wrong. He's got room to still work and, and get things done inside that welterweight division. But I mean, I realistically, he's only got one or two more guys to wipe out of there. If you were to take a look at that 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 uh, division, he's got. You know, I'd like to see a rematch with Masvidal. I think it'd probably still be the same results. You know, with a full camp for Masvidal. But Leon Edwards is the fight that I want to see. Why wow, you already beat Leon? No, but I want to see that fight because Leon to me is a different fighter now. The same he, thing with the same thing with he, Usman. He tooled Leon. I get you, and Leon is a different fighter since then. And the ah. same thing, Usman's a different fighter as well. Look, let's just yeah, he's be better. honest. He's a better fighter. Yeah, he's a, he is a better fighter. So is Leon. Okay, yeah, well, then, if they're both better, guess what's going to happen the second time? You don't know that. You don't know that. <laughs> That's the thing is you don't know that. I got to push your buttons. Man. I know you do. But I also think that, look, what happens when people start getting wins like the way he got tonight, 
they start thinking they start thinking they can stand a little bit more and that may be the his downfall in that situation i don't think he will not with leon i don't think he will but i also think that the speed we saw tonight was definitely a factor and so leon's definitely got the speed i think he's faster than gilbert um but then there's no threat of that jiu-jitsu on the bottom like there was with gilbert tonight you know and I think I think Usman fought a wonderful fight, a brilliant Smart. fight. Got rocked Smart. in the first. He just stayed composed. Didn't yep. didn't get uh, didn't get over anxious. What you saw was a, a difference in in levels of I, I want to say I don't want to I want to say maturity, but there's a different word I'm looking for. Fight IQ pretty much is the maturity of when Gilbert got rocked. He st- kind of stayed there with his hands down instead of circling away with his hands up, whereas with Usman, when he got rocked, he covered and stayed kind of like in close to him. So he Gilbert had to smother all of his punches and try to get to the clinch. Burns didn't do that. Burns got rocked and kind of made his way back to the fence and kept his hands down. Even when he was tired, he kind of circled around with his hands down, but still stayed in the pocket. That's just, that's fight IQ, and that's just a little, I think a little bit of the maturity and more more um, composure, just more composure, and then more time in the cage. You know, I mean, he's yeah, well, that's it, more time in the cage in a championship yes. atmosphere, in a championship fight. That's where the composure was the difference. That's what you saw. Gilbert came out fast and he came out amped and he was, th- you know, even in the second round when he was getting dropped, the shots that he was throwing, he was throwing everything into him, everything. I mean, he was winging shots and, you know, you can only do that. For so long because it definitely if those shots especially when they're not landing you've got to stop it it just burns more energy and it was just the difference between one guy that has been there and been under that pressure and figured out how to deal with it not in the fight world but in the championship realm because you know gilbert's been there in the fight world and stuff but it's different it's just a different atmosphere in those championship situations and it's something you got to learn and, and he's going to learn from it you know i i thought he when he went out there and he gave it everything he had it, it was funny you could see the areas in my opinion where they both knew where they could go and where they didn't want to go you know and it was you know when when uh Camaro knocked him down the first time you know and he, he, he popped right back and then he got knocked down by the jab and it was you know i'm sorry it was the first round he was like you know he put he, he goes down but he did not want to go down on top of him. You go, okay, we know what happened in the training sessions there. It gave him nothing but the problems, and I'm not going to make that mistake. Made a very smart fight decision and just standing there, keeping it close so the fight wouldn't be stood up so he could gain some time to compose himself, to get his wits back because he took some big shots. And let me kick at the legs. Let me just hold on here. Let me do little shots here, little volume, and let time burn out. So. All of that smart fighting by Usman gets into the second round. I was close to a 10, eight round in the second round. Yeah. You know, you can take a look in there. The first shot was a hard shot. The second one, it was a stiff jab, maybe a little off balance. And I think that's why the judges would have looked at it and gone with a 10, nine round instead of a 10, eight round, but it's close. And I could see if, you know, if one did, okay, but you could see how Usman was taking over and, just very, very, you know, composed fighting by a champion fighter who's been there. And he's he's just getting better, Josh. 
Yeah, I was I was surprised at the speed difference in the beginning. I thought I thought Burns was going to be faster, but not quite as much as he was. Yeah, he was a lot faster. Uh, he he actually almost made Kamara look slow, and Kamara's not slow, and he's got it. He's got that great jab. It's a stiff jab, and it, it comes out fast. But in the beginning, man, those first I was like, damn, I didn't realize Burns was that yeah. much faster than him. And uh, just to really, you know, I mean. I, I was heartbreaking watching Gilbert at the end because, you know, he put everything he could into it and to come out on the short end, it hurts. It's, you know, you think it's the end of the world. It's not, he's going to be back and he's going to be better than ever. He's going to learn from this. Yeah. Well, the thing is there, there's not a lot that other welterweights can take away from this <clears throat> other than the fact that Usman didn't want to go to the ground with Burns. And that was, we ever think everyone knew that already. It just makes him smart. Yeah. And so, other than the fact that sure the, the overhand riot is there, but you have to remember as well that when you throw the overhand riot, if you're another welterweight odds are Usman's going to take you down. And so he, that wasn't available to him tonight, especially in the first round when they were still dry and still fresh. And so that will not apply to whoever it is that's fighting him next to a Colby Covington, to a George Maz at all to, you know, to Leon Edwards or whoever else that will not apply to them. So it, as far as takeaways, I didn't really get a whole lot of takeaways other than the fact that Burns did have a little bit of success with that inside leg kick every time Usman switched to a southpaw stance. But like I said, you got to be very cautious with how much you throw kicks if you're fighting someone like Usman with the wrestling ability that he has. I thought overall, uh, Burns did what he thought, what, what, he, what I thought he would do in the first round. I thought the speed was going to be a big factor. Um, I thought that he was going to potentially try to press Usman to the fence a little bit more to try to maybe get him to try to take him down. I thought like anytime you're in that clinch area, the wrestling natural naturally will come out sometimes out of wrestlers. They'll drop their head to try and scoop the leg. If you put them in a position where you push their head down, it's just out of natural instinct. And I thought he would maybe try to coax him into doing that. Like, let me, let me guide you where I want you to go type position. But that wasn't the case. He tried to stand. He tried to he tried to finish him on the feet. He tried to show that he was the better striker. And realistically, I felt like the fatigue that set in towards the end of the first, because you started seeing him get a little bit more tired. It was mm-hmm. from all the winging of the punches. Yeah. You know, you get more tired when you miss punches. And he was missing a lot as the fight went, as that first round started coming to a close. And so... It just started showing, and and I think you, I think I heard Trevor Whitman say in the in between rounds, he's like, look, he's already getting a little bit tired. He's already slowed down significantly from the first two and a half minutes to the end to the end of that first round, and so you could tell that their game plan was like we had talked about throughout the week. I said I give I give Burns a chance in the first three rounds. If he gets to the fourth and the fifth, I didn't think it was going to go his way, but I thought it would get to the third round. You know what I mean? Like I thought it was going to get into that third round. It didn't. Get, it never got there, but um. But the first round was what I expected to see potentially in the second as well. And then the third, I started thinking of the change of the guard, maybe like in terms of Usman would start taking over in the third round. Because Burns is a very high output fighter. He's very aggressive, very fast twitch, very, he gets after it and mixed in with his grappling. So that never came to fruition, uh, unfortunately for him. But I thought he implemented his game plan that he needed to implement in the first round. It just didn't work out for him going in the second. Usman stayed composed, stayed relaxed, and uh, did exactly what he needed to do to get the win. I thought he looked phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He did. He looked great. You, you take nothing away from him, man. He just, that jab was stiff. It was 
it was hard, man. I, it was, and it was, it was amazing because he even switched stance and took the jab with his right hand and made it work too. So you know, he's been working on it. You can see he's, he's a little bit different in some areas working with Trevor Whitman than he is when he's, uh, with Henry hoof down at Sanford, but you know, he's just getting better. And that's what a cha- if when a champion is working and getting better, then you got problems if you're in his weight class because he's not just sitting back enjoying all of the things that are coming his way. He's working hard, and it's clear that Kamaru Usman is a hard worker. Yeah. Yeah, I get concerned a little bit when fighters are predominantly like wrestlers and they start switching stance, and their stand-up is good in their orthodox stance, but then they start to switch stance and start doing things. He never really got away from the jab. He just changed the, when he switched, he stayed with what worked with him, which, which was with the jab. Then he switched back and threw the right hand, whatever it was. He never got really too out, outside of that comfort zone when he did switch his stance, which is what I like to see. But when you see someone who is not familiar with switching stances or someone that hasn't had a lot of opportunities to, to switch stance in the cage against top fighters, I think that should have been Burns' opportunity and chance to jump on him right away. And every time I've ever had somebody in the past, whether it was uh, working with other coaches, one of their, a lot of top kickboxing coaches that I've worked with, they've all said, as soon as you see someone switch a stance, doesn't matter if they're, they're used to doing it or not, you have a split second to throw something as hard as you can at them. Because for a split second, their mind, it takes it's them changing. a second to adjust. Yep. And I think it was you and I talking about this or somebody, somebody else and I were talking about it is that I guess in the police force, they were saying like they teach uh, police officers to back up two or three steps and then circle out because like people that are whatever intoxicated or people that are angry or people that chase after them, it takes their brain a second. They're just, you want to run forward at you and they have to, Oh wait, you moved shit. What happened? They, They don't know how to make that adjustment. So I would imagine the same thing goes for fighters because when I learned also too how to back up, it's back up two steps and circle out so you don't get hit with their kick with anything. I would imagine it'd be the same thing when you switch your stance. Your brain doesn't have a second to re, like to adjust. So as soon as you see them switch, you need to go and you need to go right away with something, whether it's inside kick, body kick, push kick, jab, punch, whatever it is, throw right away as soon as you see it. So there's an opportunity for you to go ahead and land something and then follow up with it if you have an opportunity. Uh, from there and Burns and Burns never did that I get a little concerned when I see guys like Usman who are predominantly wrestlers going to that switch stance so early of just learning it and not being able to have an opportunity a chance to do it against top fighters I guess a lot during their you know during their training or whatever it is or during the fight that's all I he's he's so damn good though I mean he's he's very <laughs> It's like realistically when we're talking about both these guys, it really just came down to who had the better night, you know. And Usman stayed composed the whole time, and and he looked phenomenal. He stayed, you know, stayed relaxed the whole time. Let the fight come to him. Didn't try to overdo things. He fought a very smart, high fight IQ fight. What's that? Thirteen fights in a row. It's crazy. In the UFC yeah. win streak. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hats off to him. Great job by Kamaru Usman. Can you pull up the the bracket for us? What bracket? The weight, the welterweight bracket. The rankings. The rankings. The bracket. I mean, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so his, so he's got Burns. He just beat Burns. He's got Colby, who he's already beat. He's got Leon, who he's already beat. He's got Masvidal, who he already beat. And then Stephen Thompson, Kiesa, 
Um, T Wood, he's already beat Maya. I, I, is Maya still fighting? He's still in the rankings, but I thought who I thought, he's already beat. Yeah, I heard that he was retiring. You have Neil Magny who just lost. You know, um, like I said, there's no. I, I only want to see him fight the newer Leon. I would probably want to see him fight a full camp with uh, Mazadal. But I understand why people were like, eh, you know, I can get it. I when you said, eh, I can understand. You know, if you if you were gonna give me Leon Edwards or Stephen Thompson, I'm gonna take Stephen Thompson. I've seen him fight Leon, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm not saying that he won't beat Stephen Thompson. You know, he definitely can do that. But Stephen Thompson presents a lot of problems. Yeah, and someone that he hasn't faced. But once he, be, if he did beat Stephen Thompson, you're in a position he's cleared that yeah division out as far as he's fought everyone. Now maybe he hasn't fought everyone as the champion, but he's fought basically everyone in that and. Maybe that's the time that you start to move up. I don't. I don't think he ever will move up. I don't think. I think he's comfortable at one seventy. I think it's the weight he likes. So they're they're gonna have to uh, find someone like a Douglas Lehman to give him a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna have to do something. They are. They're gonna have yeah. to do something. I. Can't. I mean, realistically, I would love to see you know Khabib go up and wait and fight him. It would make a very interesting fight. It would. You know, very interesting. I think Khabib's style of wrestling would nullify his style of wrestling, and um, I mean, from what I've from what I understand, they said that they won't fight each other. But I, I would like to see Khabib and him fight. It would make it would it would uh, make for a very good fight. I mean, I I want to see the Leon fight, given the distance. How long ago was that fight? It was, uh, a, while it was a while back. Probably about three fights into his UFC career. Or something. 2015 2015 Jeez. that was that was actually his second fight yeah into the ufc yeah both are just completely different fighters since 2015 yeah. i mean i would just like to see i would like to see that fight happen again given the time span of it all but yeah who knows i mean realistically who if we pull up the 185 pound bracket the rankings so you can if we were talking 185 pounds, you have Robert Whitaker, you got Paul Acosta, you've got Kennanier, Darren Till, uh, Vittori, Hermanson. Um, you got a lot of people Brunson. there. A lot yeah. of people would be fun to watch. So yeah, 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 yeah. I would like to see him and Darren Till. Why would you want to see him and Darren Till? Out of all of those I people, it. I love it. Why in the world would it be Darren Till that you would pick? Well, maybe, maybe you gotta explain it. Maybe Whitaker. Okay, thank you. Maybe Whitaker. Let's see that fight. Maybe. Too. Yeah, I'd see. I mean, Izzy's not there I'll, right now. Well, Izzy's not there. That's yes, fine. I'm so I'll, so I'll I'll take I'll take Whitaker. I would take Costa. That would be fun. It'd be interesting. Come on. I would have taken I would have taken Yoel Romero and him. <laughs> yeah. That would have been the fight. That would have been fun. That would have been the fight. I don't think I don't think it would have been smart on Usman's to take that fight. Like you're not move, you're not snapping that head back. <laughs> like that that neck and that head ain't going anywhere. Did you see his neck when he was at the the Bellator thing? That would, his neck was it went from his ears it's, to his shoulder tips. <laughs> it's always sorry. That's amazing. It's always done that. It's oh it's this like front straight from the ears to his his shoulders. It's 
it's just not i don't even know how it's possible crazy yeah um okay so alex go ahead macy barber versus alexa grasso you were a happy man <laughs> <laughs> i mean look look as much as i thought grasso was gonna win and i was kind of cheering for her too but um macy barber honestly after the time off had she fought the first two rounds like she fought the third tell me about it i mean and, and not only that but look when you're coming off of a long, we talked about this, I think, uh, the last show. I said, there's going to be a lot on her mind, whether she thinks the knee can hold up, whether she feels comfortable. And I don't know if that's what it was in the first round. There was a lot of bouncing around, a lot of movement, but there was, she was throwing yeah, jabs from five feet away. Five feet away. Thank you very much. And I'm like, what She's are you doing? sitting there going, ha ha, throwing a jab. And it's like, that's only missing by three feet. It was a, it was a big distance. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was like, what are you doing? And it's like, you're that's not a range finder that's, that's yeah, not, I, was, <laughs> I, I did i'm like i don't get that and all that all the all the fainting she was doing outside of distance it's like and you know i give it you know rogan and uh dan were pointing it out and it was true i was sitting there going what what are you doing yeah you know, and i think that was just getting back in and a little bit of nerves and stuff but the third round that she fought man she fought her ass off going after and if she would have fought the first two with that intensity you know she definitely could have won that fight but it was a very a really good performance by grasso she she showed that you know what her counter striking is good she's got straight shots and then when it went to the ground where everyone has always you know put the little question mark about alexa grasso she looked good she did well you know, obviously, when you, she got the back, you know, she wasn't close to coming with any submission off of it. But the things that she was doing, the position that she had, it was all right. And that's saying that she's making improvements there. It was nice to see. Because obviously, Macy Barber's not bad on the ground. She lasted with, you know, Roxanne Modafari for three rounds with Moxanne, Roxanne taking her down. So she obviously has got somewhat of a ground game. So I, I was impressed with, uh, you know, Grasso and what she did when she went to the ground with her. Yeah. I was very impressed with her grappling as well. Alexa Grasso's, but I was also impressed with Macy Barber and the fact that coming after or coming after this long layoff and not sh being sure whether her knee was going to hold up, but, you know, there's that the, for athletes, there's that hesitation. Sure. You can do it in training, but your training partners know about it. And they're not going to try to hurt you. They're not. They shouldn't be trying to hurt you. They're going. They're not going to try to get after it. They're not going to do anything that may jeopardize you hurting it again. They're gonna. They're gonna ease you into all these things. But when you're in a fight, your opponent's not thinking that way. Your opponent's thinking another way. And so, she came out aggressive. She came out throwing punches from five feet away. You know, but she still had the pop in her step. But she, you could tell that she was hesitant to really get in there and clash in that first round. And Alexa Grasso just stayed composed, touch, 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 and won the first round. She landed some very clean shots in the second as well. Big, excuse me, big, big shots. And I think Macy Barber's corners told her the right information going into the third. You need to get her out of there. You need to finish her. You need to get her out of there. She came out there like a whirlwind. Had yep. she done that in the first, first two rounds, I think that's going to be Alexa Grasso's downfall. She has a hard time dealing with people that blitz her. She still she stays so tight and so composed, but she doesn't handle she she does handle I should say she doesn't fight very well backing up. No. She doesn't fight well you know with her back to the fence. 
she tends to go straight back also yes and so it just she wasn't she's got decent like defense and she's a she's a good fighter she was very impressive on the ground tonight she had some she, she had a nice little armbar attempt to a sweep got to the top position you know nice little transitions there that I was, was a semi umaplata come on yes it was very good I was, <laughs> it was almost like a she kind of caught her in an armbar slash umaplata position she had both arms very impressive and then she got to the top position which was another thing and then the way she spun too to get to macy barber's back when she turtled up was very nice she could have spun the opposite way and lost position and end up back on her feet so that, i thought that was very good um very impressed by both fighters though coming out i know a lot of people are going to get on macy about oh she's she's not as good as we thought she's coming off of a long layoff layoff of her I'm, I'm excited to see what she's got coming forward this was good for her to get back in there first off she's good and she's young yeah and she's only going to get better so you know she, obviously she doesn't want the loss yeah it ain't the end of the world no big thing learn from you know what the difference was between i could see her doing the first round the way she did it but it should have been that second round was more like what she did in the third round you had yeah. to start to get after it and that's that's just the difference in you know winning that fight or not and learn from it move on in your next fight just show that you learned, hey, I up this pace in every round and I make my opponents have to fight my fight. She's going to end up getting a whole lot more wins. She's a good fighter. She's a tough, tough lady. Super tough. I mean, she still finished that fight with Roxanne Montefiore. Yeah. You know, and her knee was jacked up, tore up, and she was still with the weather. And she, you could see her knee giving out on her during that fight. She still, like, just sometimes had to sit to her butt. Sometimes she kept trying to go keep going. Yeah. It's not easy to be in there knowing that someone wants to beat you up, knock your head off, and you know you can't move. You can't move left and right because your knee's going to get out of you. So, no, there's no doubt she's tough. She's definitely a tough woman. Um, what was the next fight? Oh, my man. Come on, Kelvin Gastelum <laughs> and Ian Heinich. I love Kelvin, man. He, he is just good everywhere. He, he, he out-wrestled the guy that was talking nothing about watch what happens with the wrestling. That's going to be the difference. And he was right. He just was 180 degrees wrong in who, the way he predicted it. Yeah. It was a it was a really nice exhibition of all-around MMA by uh, Kelvin Gastelum in the fight. A lot of people were questioning the first round, you know, and, well, how does Kelvin win the first round when Heinich had, you know, two submission attempts? Josh, those are not submission attempts, Okay. That that is not a good Kimura that he has. If it's if it's tight and it's good, you're going to see that Kelvin either is going to get submitted or he's going to have to roll out to give up position to relieve the pressure on the hold. Never had to do that. Straightens his arm out. And the second one, Heinish is holding on to a Kimura grip while he's mounted. Yeah. Not the brightest move in the world. Yeah. Okay. It's time to let go of that and get yourself out of the mount position. You don't have a submission from that point. You don't have the ability to make that thing work. So he had one submission attempt, if you want to say. It wasn't a real good one. The second one was nothing. And Kelvin landed by far the way better strikes that affected someone in the round. You're looking at what affects people. Kelvin Gastelum definitely won that fight. And I thought he won every round. Yeah. You know, he, he definitely dominated every round. I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, I thought the strength was going to be more of a factor, and it wasn't. You know, um, it looked like it could have been in the first round. But then as Kelvin started putting the more pace on him, just kind of wrestling him and mixing, like you said, 
he needs to make it an MMA fight because he's given up the size at the 185 pound. If he doesn't make it an MMA fight, like a true MMA fight where he does a little bit of the wrestling, a little bit of the boxing, a little bit of the kicking, if he doesn't mix it all up, he's going to have a hard time at that weight class. You know, but he's not. He mixed it up so well tonight. The size and the strength were not a factor. He's, no. And he did it so fast and so fluidly. I liked how he snatched the single, couldn't get it, so he just hipped into it and lifted, got the takedown. He was very impressive tonight. You know, it's good to see him. He's finally back. He's back on the winning track. I mean, he was on a three-fight losing skid. But, look, when you have fights like he had against Izzy, no. it's it's it takes something out of you. You know, it yeah. just you got to get reprogrammed. You got to get your mind back on track. You've got to say, look, okay, I got to just get back focus to what is working for me. You start the damage in that fight will take its toll on you the next your next camp. There's not just that, but then also too, go scroll down a little bit more. It had been a couple of fights since he had lost to a, he'd beat Michael Bisbing, he'd beat uh, Jacques Array. You know, he had lost to Weidman before that, but he was on a two fight win streak. Then he fights Izzy. Loses battle royal basically is what it was, you know, just a, a slobber knocker as people would call it. Great fight, but then you know a fight like that does something to you. Then he fights Darren Till. Then he fights Jack Hermanson. Like a three fight losing skid. Now he gets a win. I think you're gonna see him start to progressively come back, you know. And when he starts coming back, I think we're gonna see a new Kelvin. I'm excited, man. I, I like watching him fight. I like the fact that. That for being a smaller guy, stepping up in a heavier weight class, now that Izzy is out of the weight, well, we don't know if he's going to stay out, but if he does stay at one at 205, that opens things up there for him to be there. And I think he's got a good shot at being, you know, getting back up to that title, getting up to a title shot against guys like Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa and Jerry Cannonier and, and getting into that slot again. So I'd like to see that. I, I was really surprised that, you know, they kept on pushing the 170 thing. God, he could make 170. He'd be great at the world. No, he can't. No. He's already failed at that multiple times. Let him be. He's right where he needs to be. And it's like you're saying, I'll give Ian Heinich credit, man. Ian Heinich was in shape for this fight because everything that was happening in that fight, man, it is draining. And Heinich stayed with it the whole time because this is the exact type of fight that Kelvin Gastelum needs to now progress with and utilize in all of his future fights when you mix things up like this he used the clinch beautifully a lot of good head position up against the cage you know takedowns at time used his hands through kicks he was always making Heinrich guess at what he was going to do and when your opponent is guessing that means that they're usually a little hesitant in being offensive it's a good game plan for someone like Kelvin Gaslam to now move forward with in his next match. Doesn't mean you have to get the takedown, but you have to threaten it. You have to make them think about it. And if you can get them against the cage and do the work that you were doing, that's all going to put little tiny dividends into the bank for you to win the fight at the end. So I thought good game plan by Kelvin, his coach, you know, uh, Rafael Cordero, a great coach. I think they did a great job against the tough guy in Heinrich. And it was, that's a good win. That's a solid win. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Uh, what other fights on there? Ricky Simone going up and wait. Well, yes and no. Come on. Well, it was 145, <laughs> but he was fighting another 135. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you have to say yes, it, yes, it was a featherweight, but it yeah. was against another Bantamweight. I know. Um, he, he looked, looked great, though. He looked great. He looked phenomenal. 
The wrestling yeah, was just his. his Brian Kelleher's just a. He's one of those little junkyard dogs that just you know sticks in there. You you beating the shit out of him. He cut him with a beautiful cut straight up and down. You know, and he's that guy that sticks around and you make one mistake and he catches you in it. And Ricky just didn't give him those mistakes, man. He he was just a fireball throughout it. Very impressive performance against a, a tough guy. Yeah, I think I, I I think the fight probably would have still went the same way, but I think the cut had something oh, to do with it right off the bat. That for as soon as you get that cut, it kind of just changes how things happen throughout the fight. And then Keller looked a little bit slower. He looked like he was hesitating on a lot of things. The blood being potentially in his eye, kind of you know that 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 cut right across that eyebrow like that. It just you feel like you always feel like you got to touch it. It's, it's one of those you know you're like oh man there's blood or you know you feel like your skin's falling off into your eye. It's it's just something that bugs you. It's an it's one of those irritating things throughout the fight. And I well, think yeah, well at least the ones that go on the eyebrow usually start to drip to the outside. Yeah. And run down and, and kind of get into the outside here. The one like he had right here, it just runs straight into the yeah. corner of your eye. It's not a good place to have a cut. But Ricky looked good. He looked, uh, his wrestling was on point. Striking was on point. Everything was good. He kept, he's got a, that little push kick though, up the middle, little Anderson Silva Twice. three times caught him in the very last part of the third round. It's also, true, true. and I was like, what uh, the hell? I'm like, come on, Ricky, move your head offline, buddy. Let's go. Dude, it, was, it was like, he was blind to that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sneaky. Uh, but look, Patolo and Marquez, oh. gosh. What was he like a minute away from getting the win? Yep. Oh man. Uh, you know, you got a lot. I, I first off, Mackie Patolo, you know, we've seen him fight many times. He's just a tough guy, but I love the fact that he came into that. He changed really his normal gameplay because normally he goes out to throw bombs and either knock someone out or get knocked out and changing up cams being an extreme control, they got him to fight smart against marquez who's got you know big power in a sense I, as soon as he came out and he went for the takedown i was like way to go eric nipsick yeah. man good coaching and he he did it beautifully man and he you know he was giving marquez problems you know, on the ground from the top position, Marquez was lost in a lot of that fight. He was, he was, it was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. You know, and, and finally, you know, his coach and James Krause, who, you know, I have nothing but love for, I think he's an incredible fighter and coach tells him, Hey man, you got to go out there and get this, you know, you got to go out there, hurt him. You're going to tell me you're going to hurt him. And, you know, for a while there, it looked like oh, that's not going to happen. And then he, man, he was trying and he's working. And then he gets to the point he's got him hurt. And then when he goes for the Anaconda, I was like, oh my God, is he going to get it? And he got it. It was an exciting fight. It was fun. I give both guys, there was no loser in the fight. They both fought their asses off and it was just a good scrap. Well, Nipsick told Patolo after the first round, hey, he keeps going for the guillotine. Keep your head up. Keep yeah, your head up. He did. And he kept putting his head down. But in all fairness, he is a little bit shorter than uh marquez and there was that there's that situation the other thing is well patola is one of those guys he's that tweener he's the he's in that kelvin gaslam area where 70s yeah. too much 85 he's got, he's got those heavy legs man yeah but 70s too much of a weight cut in 85 just a tiny bit too big he's got power in his hands you saw it right off the bat when he kind of like stunned marquez a little bit in that first what 30 seconds to a minute yep 
But overall, I mean, he's kind of in no man's land right now. He's got three losses, you know, in the last three fights, you know, and uh, what is he, 13, 13 and eight. So he's got his hands full in terms of what would be next for him. Well, you know, I look at it. When you have a guy that fights the way he fought, you know, tonight, you can't get rid of him. You yeah, got to give true. him another fight. Let him, let him, you know. Let him prove, you know, what he's doing to make himself better. Give him someone that you say, hey, this is a tough guy, but, you know, he's someone that you should be able to go with and, and see what he does. You know, I, I would hate to see anyone who fights that hard and that well in that type of fight to open up your main card and everything. Don't get rid of him. Yeah. Let's talk real quick about the fight that I was really upset didn't make the card. Bobby Green. Okay. Bobby Green and Jim Miller. Shit, man. Ah, what happened? He just too much. What happened? Cut, too much weight. What cut? happened? What? It's the same thing that happens all the time, too frequently. What do you want to say? How many times do you need a fighter to fucking fall face first in front of you because they're fucking dehydrated to no end, and just think, oh, that's okay. It's not okay. It's wrong, and things need to change. You can't continue to have guys do this because, you know, luckily Bobby is okay, okay? But he, you know, he's not going to be the last one, and eventually, Josh, you're playing Russian roulette. One of them's going to die, and then whose fault is it? Is it the commission's fault? Is it the UFC's fault? Is it the fighter's fault? Is it the trainer's fault? Whose fault is it? Well, it's all of them. All of them. Because the weight cutting has gotten out of control. We've got a lot of guys that are finally starting to say, hey, I can't make these weight cuts. They're killing me in the fight. I'm not performing well. I'm going up. And they're fighting well. But we still have a lot of guys, man. They're cutting a ton of weight. And Bobby cuts a lot of weight. I guess this goes back to, I think, the... A remedy would just be to have weight classes every 10 pounds. Well, it would help. It would help in terms of like, especially, I mean, like this is that 50 to 70, 55 to 70. He can't go to 70. That's the thing. Like you, can you imagine him fighting someone like, like Usman? Get the freak out of here. There's just no way, man. Like, look at like Gilbert Burns. Even he's big. He's enormous. When we saw him at Bellator for one of the fights there, what was he? He had to have been 200 pounds. He had to have been 200 pounds, you know? And so a lot of these guys, if you have weight classes every 10 pounds, I mean, I'm saying all the way up to 185 and then maybe the 85 to 205, those guys can just deal with it. (laughs) You know I mean? Because there's not a lot of guys, there's not a lot, a lot of guys at those weight classes. I mean, you know, um, the weight classes are there. Yeah, they are. That's what you were saying. It's just for the promotion to use. It's the promotion that's saying we don't want to use it. I just feel like since we're the way they, it is. since they're so active in those 55, 65 to 75, there's plenty of talent in those areas. Yes, there is. You know, even all the way up from 75 to 85, you have plenty of talent in those areas there to fill the spots. And it just doesn't make sense. I, I don't especially when you have something like this. I didn't was there a video that you saw? I didn't see it. If there was a video of, video of Bobby what? Green falling, collapsing. No, I was told by somebody. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen I haven't seen a video or I was just told also that he had collapsed. Um, I don't know where they didn't say he was at Wayans though. 
They just said he had collapsed and that he probably wasn't fighting. In the back. Yeah. So um, I best wishes go out to Bobby. I like Bobby a lot. Good kid. You know, Great nice, guy. Nice guy. Super nice guy. So uh, best of luck to him and hopefully he's come back. I mean, but look, he's going to have to keep his weight under control if he's going to continue to try to make 55. I well, mean, you know, I, I look at it you know, this way. Bobby normally makes weight. He doesn't have that problem. Yeah. But all it takes is, you know, something, you know, is a little bit off in your system and you're trying to take that same weight off and it just doesn't come off the same. And then you're killing yourself trying to get it off. Yeah. And just one bad thing leads into another. So you know, the big thing is what, what damage are you doing to yourself during the cut, then during the fight, and then afterwards? You know, when you, when you dry yourself out and your kidneys have no water and your, you know, your body has been dehydrated at that point, there are effects from it. It doesn't, it's not like, oh, you just put water in and everything's back to normal. It's not. And those effects can, can hamper you in your health later on in life. It's not a good thing. It needs to be taken care of. You know, think about how long ago was it that you and I sat in the same room for a weight cutting seminar or excuse me, I don't Meeting. know what they called it. Conference, yeah. conference, conference to talk about it and bring it together. And what has changed? Shit, that must've been in 2017. No, yeah. no way. Now 2016 at the, at the earliest. Whatever it was, it was the first year I had signed with Bellator because Bellator is the okay. one that sent me there. So I think it was 2017. Okay. Maybe 2016, maybe it was 2016. I think it was 2016. Jeez. Damn, time flies. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a while ago, and they still haven't figured out the problem. We talked nope. about hydration tests back then. You know, yeah. we, we talked about um, not allowing a certain amount of weight to be put back on after they made the weight. And if you did, then you wouldn't be allowed to fight. So that would try to keep them in track. You know, and um, you couldn't exceed the weight class above you for fight time. But then I think some of that, some of the argument there was, and now you have guys the day of their fight trying to cut weight to get below their weight, the weight class yep. above. So there's that problem. So you have the hydration tests that haven't been really been run, uh, from what I understand. And then they they started California started doing that. You can't exceed what ten percent or twenty percent of your yep the weight. California's got quite a few rules for yeah. it now. But then you know you have all you know the fighters get mad, the promotions get mad, and it's like. Too bad. Yeah. California has forced several fighters to move up in weight. And that's because of bad weight cuts. It has to be done. It's it's for the overall safety of the fighters, overall safety of the sport. And why is it that someone something has to happen that's really bad for you to finally do something that's right? I just wish fighters would understand that if your weight cut sucks, a lot of it has to do with your nutrition. I see, still see a lot of fighters eating whatever the hell they want, thinking they can just get away with it. And then when it comes weight cut time, they wonder why they're suffering. I mean, don't get me wrong. Weight cutting sucks. But a lot of it has to do with how clean you eat if, for your weight to come off easily. I mean, I know I never cut a lot of weight, and a lot, you know, a ton of weight. You know, but I still cut anywhere between, say, 18 to 20 pounds. You know, all within less than probably a 24-hour period. 
you know, and it was, and it all came off pretty smoothly. You do a couple, you say you do like six or seven at night, sleep off one or two and do, you know, the rest of the morning or do five or six in the morning. And then, and then the rest before you got to go to weigh-ins, that was when weigh-ins were at three o'clock. But a lot of it had to do with diet and nutrition. If your diet and nutrition are on point, your weight cut will be a lot easier and you won't feel that way. You're still going to feel shitty and lightheaded and things like that. But it just comes down to like, it really comes down to the nutrition aspect of it all. Instead of you just soaking in a sauna, trying to get it all off for hours on hours on hours. I mean, a lot of my weight cut was done in, you know, in, in plastics, but it was done in the gym, just moving around, walking, talking, shadow box, goofing, you know, goofing around. It wasn't just sitting in the sauna for, for five hours. A no, lot of no these, matter what, none of it, none of it yeah. was good for you. Well, you can't tell me now that now, <laughs> big John, <laughs> it's a little late, buddy. Um, you know, it really just, comes, I've been doing it my whole life since I was 12 years yeah. old is when I first started cutting weight. You know, that's probably why I'm so short. I can't uh, sit here and say I never did it. You know, I did it, but back, especially back then, you know, back in the 1800s, we didn't know anything about it, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but seriously, you know, I, of course I did it, but we didn't, we didn't realize how bad it was for you, but now that we know and everything that goes along with it, there needs to be something that, that changes so we don't have a tragedy occur and then go, oh, we didn't know. Lie. Yeah. You all know. Yeah, it's true. Hopefully they make some adjustments. I really think that having weight classes every 10 pounds up to 185 pounds would make a big difference. It could help. You know, I mean, if, even if it made a difference for her. 20, 30 people, that's 20, 30 people that probably don't know how to cut weight properly, that you could be saving one of their lives. Well, you're going to get people that are going to say, well, no matter what, you know, they're going to, they're going to cut weight anyways. And so then they're going to, you're right. They're going to cut weight anyways, but if they have to cut less weight yeah, and they just maintain their normal weight that they normally were, well, then they're cutting less weight. So if that's what it is, well, that's better than what we're having them do now. Well, yeah, you got to look at uh, Kelvin Gaslam, you know, trying to get to 70. How many times did he try? He never made it. Think he, did he ever make it at all? I think he made it once. one time. He either made one it time. one time or he never made it. You know, Dar Darren Till. You know, I know he made seventy, but he struggled. He missed it a couple times too. Yeah. You know, a bunch of Anthony Johnson. He did it. He missed it a oh bunch of times. Oh my god! Anthony he missed, missed it a ton of times. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, and little did we know he. He was a lot more dominant at two hundred five. He was like, you know, I mean, he was holding himself back. Yeah. So that's that, that's the whole point. You know, yeah. I'm not saying everyone. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone. You know, it'd be good if they moved up, but for a lot of fighters, you know, some of them moving up would be a good thing for them. Yeah. Just as a side note, Dana, that uh, somebody asked Dana this week about Nate Diaz saying he wants to fight. You'll basically fight at 65 or 70 or whatever, and Dana said there's absolutely no 65 fights happening. So he's not. <laughs> there you go. He's fixed on no yeah. 65. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that's that tweener. That's that tweener uh, weight class. Anyways, all right. What's the? There was another fight on there that I wanted to talk about. Oh, Which one? There was Chris Gutierrez. That was a good fight. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. No, but the one that I want to talk about was Hernandez and Vieira. Hernandez with the beautiful submission. Over the seventh time. Not in a million years would I call that one. It was a now, if you were on the betting odds on that, John. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, if if you were in California, uh, 
you would know who Anthony Hernandez is, you know, because he's well known. He's a tough dude, and we call him Fluffy, and he's got that nickname Fluffy because he used to be way heavier, but he's tough. And so you look at this matchup and you go, man, can he beat Vieira? Well, yeah, if he gets past you, you look at what Vieira does. Vieira does tend to burn out pretty quick. He's gotten tired in a lot of his fights and had some problems by about burning out because he loses a lot of weight. Yeah. So you're looking at saying, well, he's got to get this into the second and third rounds and, and he's got a possibility of getting, you know, a decision or, or, you know, maybe a knockout or something. Never, never would you say he's going to get a submission win against Vieira. And man, I, I was like, I can't believe that he just got him to tap. That was, that was awesome. It really was. And it was awesome to see, you know, you know, Rogan is, you know, he's a, uh, Vieira, you know, nut hugger because of his jujitsu ability and he's fantastic you know and, and he was all excited for hernandez so it was fun to watch Vier was so tired he was exhausted after the first two and a half minutes that he just couldn't even keep his hands up he took such yep. big shots towards the end of the first round and i was like oh no this is not and th- you got two more rounds you're this tired two and a half minutes in Okay, so tell me, how does a guy that looks the way he looks, because he looks like he's a Greek god, yeah, right, as far as body types, got zero fat, right? How does a guy that looks like that, built like that, how does he get that tired, Josh? It's a weight cut. Well, I don't think he, I don't think he just didn't hydrate properly, John. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, that has an effect on you as well, if you hydrate properly. And a lot of these guys don't know how to hydrate properly. Yeah. You know, it's really what it comes. It really does come down to how how you deplete your body and how you put it all back into your body. There's it a science. Something. It. There's it's a science. Every human being is different. There is not yeah. a specific science behind it because these guys cannot take any type of. That's true. You know, you don't. You can't get the intravenous. So it's all stuff that you're drinking and stuff. It's just bad. It's bad. That yeah. fight right there shows what happens to someone that cuts a lot of weight. Yeah, he was done. So what does he do? Does he go up to 205? He should. He's big. He's killing himself. He's so big. Like Greek God is, I don't even know if that's a word. Like it's, he looks, <laughs> he's more ripped than the Greek God, like uh. models that they have in Greece. Anyways. But yeah, that was one of those uh, very impressive performances. Uh, Hernandez just kind of weathered the storm for the first, you know, minute and a half. As soon as he got taken out, I was like, "Oh, this isn't going to go well." Yeah, I then, thought so too. And then he got mounted. I was like, "Oh, this isn't. Gonna, this is not looking good." And he wiggled his way out of there and came up on top. And he was like, "He the whole time he's laughing, smiling, like having a blast." He was having fun. You can tell he loves fighting. I feel like the best. The best fighters in the world, they love this. They love that feeling. And you see a little bit of that in him, that little that little trickle of like, I love this. I love and he got up and uh Vieira was like on his knees after the first round. He just kind of smiled at him. You know, he's like Oh, he knew. Yeah. It's over, buddy. He's like, It's over. Oh, you (laughs) are tired. Yeah, because he he tried to get Vieira in a guillotine in the end of the first round. I know. Like, I was like, what are you well, doing? Well, he got him in a guillotine and tapped him. Yeah, Come on. I was like, what are you doing? And then he, he called knew, him. He second. knew way more than we did. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> Great performance, though. That's huge. Congratulations to him. That was a big, big win. You know when they say you have a notch on your bedpost? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> that's right there. That's that a notch. That's a notch. <laughs> that's a notch right there. Uh, what was another fight that you liked? Oh, I loved the Chris Gutierrez versus Andre Ewell. I thought that was a really good fight. It was a tough fight, man. Ewell's legs, he is not going to be walking. Yeah. He, he just, his legs got eaten up. I mean, and it was the front of him, the back of him, the sides of him. Every damn kick you could think of hit his legs. And I mean, I felt bad for him at, at the end of the fight. I was like, oh, oh, that's, yeah, that's going to hurt tomorrow. But tough dude, man. Tough dude. And Chris, Chris fought a really you know smart fight, good fight against a very elusive, tough, long fighter. It was a fun fight to watch. And then the first fight, Gabriel Green, man. You know, Gabe Green saw him in his first professional fight, watched him as an amateur, saw him as first. He's been out, you know, with the submission factory and Tracy Hess for a long time and got to come in, put on a good performance, a tough performance against a, a really tough guy. You know, and get the win. That was nice to see. Just yeah. happy for him. Yeah. Um, Muhammad fought a good fight as well against uh, yep. Diego Lima. Good fight as well. I thought. I thought the fights were. I thought the prelim fights were pretty good. Yeah. You know the. I, I thought, thought the whole card. The whole card was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. The whole card was pretty good. The Batolo fight, man. Like, if you're talking like in terms of upsets, right? Like, you have the Batolo oh. fight, how it just the way it ended, and then you've got uh, Hernandez over Vieira, how it, you know, that kind of. It's just like one of those. I don't know. Those two fights right there kind of made the card for me, because I love, I love like those type of fights where one guy's kind of winning, kind of handily. It's, but the other guy's not really out of it, you know. But then you get you get something like that happening. It's like, oh, sh it, it just. It kind of adds more flavor to the night. I loved it. When, when it the underdog stuff. is showing that he's got a chance and he can win yeah. this, you know, and and in the Hernandez fight, not only did he show he could, he did. Yeah. And unfortunately for Maki, yeah, he didn't get it done all the way through, but he put on a great performance. One of the one of the better fights I've actually, you know, as far as fighting smart, fighting within yourself against a guy that is tough. I thought that Patolo did a great job for that entire fight. Yeah, he, the way he out wrestled him, with yeah. and the and the size was a factor. I mean, like you look at the size, but it didn't it didn't seem like it was a factor through the fight. He made it seem like it wasn't a factor, but you see the two of them side, face to face, and Patola was so much smaller, yeah. and so. But I thought he did a great job I mean, up until the very end. Felt bad for him when it happened. I was like, oh no, <laughs> like no, you gotta be killing yourself, you know. Um. All right. Well, what else do we got there, buddy? Um, let's get through this real quick and then we'll jump into a couple of items on the news. All right. Well, let's get into mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in and they'll give you another 50% off of your initial deposit all the way up from a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. So if you deposit a thousand dollars, they'll give you another $50 on top of that to spend. If you go up to a thousand dollars, they give you another $500 to spend mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in. So, um, in some other news this week, we found out that uh, Chimaev got COVID, or again, are still coming off the last COVID, and so he's out of the Leon Edwards fight again. Yeah, um, that's becoming the next uh, Khabib and Tony Ferguson. Boy, isn't it, man? That's what I was gonna say. Let's just leave that fight alone and move on. Well, it's so funny because you know Dana was so into no, that fight's gonna happen too. And, you know, it got canceled the first time, then it got canceled the second time. And now he said, yeah, we're going to have to move on from that. Hello. Yeah. You know, 
it's like Shabam came in and had those three fights within basically a month's time. And now he hasn't fought in how long and he's sick and, you know, he's going to have to take some time to get over, you know, COVID it affects everybody differently. And there's, you know, guys, there's people out there. Cody Garbrandt had a real hard time with it. I know a lot of people that have had some real hard times with it. So, you know, he's got to take time, get himself back. And, uh, eventually we'll see him again, but there's no, there's no reason to rush it. And so now Nate obviously wants to, um, try and step in there at 170 and there's a, exchange with nate and edwards on twitter where nate sends this picture of leon yeah well he says something that he doesn't want to f- he said that he wants to fight winners and so he said leon goes hey i'm here he's won his last what eight or nine fights in a row leon has and nate's like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> My- the guy he doesn't want to fight yeah i would have to agree with you on that yes i think leon pieces him up on the oh. feet, on the ground, pieces them up everywhere. Just way faster. Way faster, way slicker. Stronger. Yep. Strong, definitely stronger. Uh, yep. I fought one and trained train with the other one. <laughs> you know, Leon's, <laughs> Leon's good. He's really good. He's super fast. Um, but if we look at that weight class, if we look at that division there, I mean, realistically, the only guy that I'd really like to see him fight would be Mazadal and Colby. Those are the only other two guys I really care to see him fight. You know what? Steven Thompson, what the hell am I talking about? Him and Steven would be a fun fight. We just had Steven on. Steven actually even called him out. Said, hell hey, yes. I'm ready to fight if you are. I mean, it, may, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. But Dana brought up something about, you know, about possibly Colby and maybe Leon. I mean, look, Leon and Leon and Masvidal make sense to me. Because of the beef from before, yeah, and then but then Stephen Thompson and Leon also makes sense to me. Masvidal's team also just came out and said that they accept the title fight. So they accept the title fight. Yeah, because Moses uh, face called uh, Masvidal out after the main event tonight. Oh, I left. I already left my house. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't need to interview. Yeah, so Isman called out Masvidal and said he'll give my full camp this time. Well, he came out. Masvidal sent a, a posted or something. Said I took your nose and in what three days notice or something like that. Yeah. He's like, you know, give me a full camp. I take your belt and then like you know, give me something else and I take your head. I don't know. It was pretty. It was pretty catchy. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty. Ca- I, I was kind of like I was like this, that was pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. But <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. And, and then if you have the the whole tough thing and kind of the build up and the do it again. But I think you're going to see, I, I agree with it. You'll probably see a little bit more of the same outcome, but I think it's going to be a little bit more contested in the first couple rounds. I mean, we saw tonight, if you touch Usman, if you're able to catch him with some good shots, you know, <laughs> Josh, Josh, name me the person that's punch proof. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. Who had hey, Nobody. Who, who, who do we know? Nobody we know? is punch proof. It's a matter of can you land that clean shot on the person? Well, I mean, I guess. Well, I mean, what do you consider punch proof? Khabib, meaning right? well, Khabib. Khabib's not punch proof. Well, I mean, I haven't seen him hit the ground yet. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's I've Khabib, seen him that's, get wobbled. That, yeah, uh, and that by a guy that's not known as a huge. 
heavy strike or a volume strike. You know, the canvas can be slippery sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not get ahead of ourselves, buddy. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. The canvas can be slippery. <laughs> uh, yeah, they always put that ice down on it. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. We've seen them out there with buckets trying to pick up oh, ice. Oh, yes, off we have. <laughs> There is film of that. Oh, I just saw that video the other day when they dumped it. You got all the commissioners out there trying to pick up the ice and put it back in the bucket. Someone had posted that video the other day. It was pretty funny. Well, see, it, we, yeah, it's funny. Where It all depends on where that happens. Let's see, that happens in the UFC's cage. It's not that bad. And that what you're seeing was in the UFC. It was. And they're trying to pick it up because you can shove all that. They've got the what they call that. Uh, that crate that's outside, in, right? Well, no, it's the invisible line. It's. You know, it's kind of like an infinity line mm-hmm. because the canvas sits in the cage actually runs down past it. So you can yeah. shove all that ice through the the cage and it'll work. But if you're like in Bellator, it's got the pad that goes around the bottom. So there's no way you can get it out. So you got to pick each individual piece of ice up. Yeah. It's a disaster. Did, with the infinity cage like you were talking about, didn't someone's foot get stuck in there? Oh, it's happened multiple times. Was it Brock Lesnar's? No. Happened... Uh, the very first time it happened was UFC four. The next time it happened was um, um, God dang it! I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his face right now, and I'm really screwing up. Ellenberger, Jake uh, Ellenberger, Jake Ellenberger. Yes, he, that was happened. that. Diego, I th- I th- I, it was against ahead. Diego Sanchez, wasn't it? Um, I was thinking I, somehow. I was thinking it was. Um, no, it wasn't Diego. Masvidal. I don't know. I think it was Masvidal. I think it was. I think I was at that fight. I'm trying to remember. Well, that, it was uh, a fight. Yeah, fight. it was Masvidal. Yeah. Yep. Damn. I thought that so. was. A, I thought it was a heavyweight that that happened to as well. In the UFC, his foot got stuck in there. Is like half of his foot got stuck. I want to say it was a heavyweight. There was a heavyweight that it, it did. Link, Damn, that's that the infinity line. Now it's stuck. And what happens is when that fence goes. You push the fence, the fence moves, and then it pinches back, and now you're trapped. This is not a good thing. Do you have an opportunity? Can, could he have contested that as a no contest? It, not the way they called it. It should have been stopped right at that moment. Yeah. Time let him get his foot out. Unfortunately, it is taking a little bit of, you know, Masvidal right now. See, it should have been stopped because he's stuck. And that yeah. this is an it's what we call an equipment failure, okay. but in that situation, he wasn't stopped, and so Masvidal was able to open up, and they ended up just calling the fight. So, would you, if we were to, if you guys were to watch this video, if you can see Herb Deems out of out of position there, so <laughs> damn, look at you, he's clearly out of position to not see what's going on, and his foot is stuck. So, would you say that it's Herb Deems' fault then? I'm not trying. Not Herb Dean's fault that his foot got stuck. (laughs) That's not Herb. Oh, man. Herb didn't shove his foot down in there. Any opportunity (laughs) I have to jab at Herb Dean, I'm going to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's a a shit situation to be in. That's a shitty situation. I also had it happen in the the Ultimate Fighter. Um, It was the year that uh, Connor was a coach with uh, Uriah Faber. Uh, one of the fighters, their foot got stuck in the cage. Uh, and I, oh, it was against, um, in fact, um, Sal Rogers was fighting. Ah. It was his opponent that it happened. Was Uriah and Connor supposed to fight? No. 
That okay, I was like, I don't recall them ever being scheduled to fight. Did I miss something? Yeah. That was that that was like kind of during the time I wasn't really. It was Marcin. Marcin Rozik. Uh, did it result in the fight being called? No. Just I stopped the fight, undid his foot from the cage, and then restarted the fight. Pretty simple. Saul Rogers, man, he's a beast. Yeah, he is. Well, he, yeah, it's unfortunately, you know, he he beat everybody, including Ryan Hall, in that show. That's right there where his foot gets stuck. He can't right move. Yep. Now his foot's free. Yeah, Ryan Hall just pulled out of a fight. Something to do. With yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't fight much. I know. He's he not. He's much. not a young. He's not a spring chicken either. No, he's not. He's older. Ah, what else? What other news you got? I don't know what's going to go with that. Uh, John Jones kind of clarified or alluded to this week that he basically hasn't come to any type of agreement with the UFC yet. So where pe- <laughs> people are speculating a move to heavyweight, um, John Jones suggested that that's not the case. That he's what? He he hasn't agreed to anything with the UFC as far as fight, as far as moving up. <laughs> This is very interesting. Uh, he has said that he's going to heavyweight. Then he's already vacated the title, correct? At two hundred five. Well, well, he vacated the title because he didn't he quote unquote retire. Yeah. No, no, no. He, didn't he say he retired? He's saying he was retiring. No. Yeah, he said something about no, he was retiring last year. He said he. he, he says I'm thinking about retiring. He, ne- he yeah. threatened it, but he never did. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went and decided I oh, was going to move up to heavyweight. Kind of had the little uh, the little Twitter beefs with uh, Francis. Yeah. Gano. Francis is scary. I don't know if I'd even want to oh, get into a Twitter dude. beef with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be afraid that he could, he could hurt me with his Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> his tweeter. <laughs> I didn't say tweeter. You I know, shit. but uh, that's, what I, that's what I heard when you said it. <laughs> oh, Francis is going to hurt me with his tweeter. <laughs> He, pro- he probably could hurt you with his tweeter. Oh, geez. He's a, he's a big, big boy. There's a video of him and uh, Danny Gay. Danny Gay is trying to rip him to the body, and he's just laughing at Dan. Like, go ahead. Come on. Yeah. Keep coming. And Dan's trying to hit him as hard as he can, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Oh, man. That's great. What else you got for us? Tough. Uh, I say to that, there's not a whole lot else going on. Um we do have the heavyweights fighting this coming weekend, but we're gonna probably talk about that this in the middle of the we're week. We're gonna talk about that Wednesday. Yep. On to the fan questions. Let's go. What do you got? We don't have. I don't have. Give me what you. Oh, got. nice. Good job. I'll have them for. I'll have them for out. the midweek show. <laughs> got to cut that. You have to, you have to have cut to that cut out. That out <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man, there was something I saw in here that I wanted to see. You want me to go back up? No. Or is it back up at the top? Yeah, go back up be. at the top. Let me see. Uh-uh-uh. Tony had some beef with somebody the other day. Connor. Connor Connor. Oh, okay. El Cockeye. El Cockeye. Yeah. On his birthday. <laughs> On his birthday, of all things. He says, happy birthday, El Cockeye. That's fucked up, man. What a jerk. <laughs> Come on, Connor. You were being so nice for the Dustin boy. But now all of a sudden he's like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. And this is what he says out. Oh, man. Jeez. Dustin boy. Yeah, there's 
This is all pretty much noise yeah. tonight. All right. Well, let me see. Let's let's pull up one of these. Pull up one of these weight classes. Which weight? Pull class? one up for me. Let's see. We always talk about the fifty-five. We always talk about the seventy. We always talk about eighty-five. Let's. You know what? Let's talk about the heavyweight division since they're here. Since they're coming up this weekend, Stipe fights in Ganu. John Jones is somewhere inserted into that position there. Curtis Blades is fighting Derek Lewis this weekend. Rosenstruck. 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 Struck. Uh, he's in that conversation at number three. He's fighting uh, Cyril Gan coming up. Cyril Gan. So where do we put Stipe after if he beats Francis Ngannou? Where does he go? What do you mean? He's the champion. I know, but where does he go? Haven't you ever done this before, Josh? He's done it all. He's done it all. <laughs> yeah? He's done it all. Keep doing what he's doing? Yeah. He's 37. I mean, could he retire? He could retire. But if you were Stipe and you beat Francis Ngannou for a second time and you got this guy named John Jones out there, don't you want to fight him? Yeah, don't because you wanna, don't you want to prove? Hey, you know what? Yeah, he was great at light heavyweight. That doesn't mean shit here. Come on, you want to do that? Yeah, if you're trying to get that money fight, I think John B. Yep. John's his idea of a money fight. John's his Conor McGregor. That's a shit situation to be in. <laughs> stupid though. Um, but then also too, what do you do as well if Ingano does beat you? You know they're gonna give you an automatic rematch. Do you take it? I mean, you're gonna, you're probably gonna take it, yeah. But I'm saying, does John slide into there to fight Francis then, or do you give Stipe his rematch? Because I mean, he has been that dominant. He has been the most dominant heavyweight champion. Oh, he has. But man, you, if you're looking and saying, well, if Francis Ngannou beats Stipe, do they give him an automatic rematch? I don't think they do. I don't think they will. Even after the DC, how he came back and he was able to get the win? Yeah, but again, here you go back to what you have talked about, of about age. Yeah. He's 37 now. Do I want to give a guy who's 37 right now, so by the time they fight again, he's 38, do I want to put him in that position where, you know, I don't know, I would rather put John Jones up against Francis Ngannou if I'm the UFC. It just makes more sense to me. I'm not saying that Stipe doesn't deserve it. He's 38 already. Yeah. How old is uh, Ngannou? He's up there, too. Nicely 32. No, I think he's 30, 32. 34. 34. 34 years old. Man. Well, him and then John Jones is what, 34? Nope. John Jones, I believe, is 30, 33 now. Yep, 33. 33. Wasn't off by a lot. Easy, easy. <laughs> uh, I mean, it makes it it makes it interesting to like because you have John Jones, you got Francis that are the younger ones. Steve Baby in 38. Take a look at John's record there. Just yeah. ro roll that thing up a little bit here. Let's let's take a look at the people he's been. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Yeah, because you Bunch of people okay, in there I've right never there. heard of. So, oh yeah, bunch of people that you've never heard of. I mean, oh, you take a look. Take a look at the list there of people that he's fought: Brandon Vera, 
Vladdy Matyashenko. I remember that one. That yeah. was my first UFC back for a while. Ryan Bader, Mauricio Hua, Quentin Jackson, Leoto Machida, Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort, Chael Sonnen. So we had a break right there. Alexander Gustafson, Glover Teixeira, Dan Cormier, OSP, Dan Cormier again, Gustafson again. Man, I'll tell you what, Anthony Smith, Santos, and then Dominic yeah. Reyes. Can't say anything about you know no. the, the list of people that he has had to face. It's impressive. I wonder what, when he was first found, scroll all the way down, he came out of the organization, the W, he was, or he came he out of the young. BCX5 battle cage and extreme five wcf world championship fighting three these organizations even still around um like, you know what i mean like but when they when they when he had fought he had five fights before it looks like yeah. you know one two three six three, four six so six fights before he got to the ufc i mean i'm surprised that no one else found this guy you know i mean like i'm surprised like Bellator was run by Bjorn at the time. They, they didn't find him. I think back then, what was this in 20? 2008. 2008. Strike Force. Hello. Like, <laughs> yeah. Strike Force was around still until 2012. Yeah. Like he was out there. He was available. Out there. I mean, that's impressive, though. His one loss, well deserved against Matt Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even recall what? that fight to be honest. I never saw that fight. Oh, you want to so, know what happened? Uh, I heard it was an illegal blow. He hit him with an elbow or a knee or something Dude, on the ground. Stop. Okay. I but didn't here, see it. Th this is what really happened. I'm not saying that he. <laughs> John Jones is beating Matt Hamill like he's a rag doll. Yeah. And at one point, rag dolls him up into the air and slams him down and basically hurts Matt Hamill's shoulder. Matt Hamill tries to brace on the fall and hurts his shoulder and then mounts him. And from that mount starts to throw elbows and then decides kind of looks at Steve Mazzagatti and is throwing this semi 10 to, you know, 12 to six, but it's crap. And also Mazzagatti, stop, stop, stop. Well, Matt Hamill cannot go on, not because of anything that was from an elbow strike. They determined his shoulder is hurt. He can't go on, and they disqualified Chan for what was a legal throw and hurting his shoulder. He got disqualified because he threw these elbows that did nothing to Matt Hamill as far as, you know, they're hurting him. He was hurt on a legal throw. So it should have been a no contest. Wow. It was a, it was a bad call. I thought the fight was stopped because of the illegal elbows. The well, 10, it was, but the reason he couldn't go on was because he had a hurt shoulder from a legal takedown. Interesting. So, so he should be undefeated. He should be. What's his record? 26 and 1. 20, yeah, 26 and 1. And the one no contest with uh, Dan Cormier. Yeah. So why would the commission refuse? If somebody like Dana White is trying to influence that You will that never, ever get... the First off, there's gambling in the state of Nevada. Take a look at Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Kevin Burns. Okay? Yeah. Another, another Steve Mazzagatti uh, fight where Rumble Johnson gets in a finger shoved second knuckle deep into his eye. He flops over 
covers up. Mazagati stops fighting. He doesn't see that it's that it was an eye poke, and that's okay. It's understandable, you know. And calls the fight, stops the fight right there. Well, then you can see it on the video. Oh, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't get punched. He got a finger stuck deep into his eye, and they didn't even overturn that. Yeah, I I coached and cornered him for that fight. It was ridiculous, Anthony Johnson, and the and the and the uh, second one too. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, that was nasty. His eye was swollen, like for a couple. Oh, I would say probably at least nasty. five days, five six days. His eyes was swollen; he couldn't see out of it. Yeah. yeah, he's lucky he didn't lose his eye, man. That thing, if you if you look at the tape, yeah, I mean it's deep. Ah, nasty. Yeah, I remember that. Ah, uh, all right, John. Well, in the end, here you go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Didn't have a lot of news and gossip to talk about like we normally do. You know? yeah, not really. You know, there's things out there that we uh, we choose not to talk about because we would like to talk about sports. <laughs> we like to talk about fighting. So we will. Um, we could talk about Dana calling Ariel a douche. <laughs> I don't know why, and I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Which team? Which, uh, yeah. Exactly. Many times. I guess if the uh, shoe fits. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it is what it is. It is. So, uh, well, uh, congratulations to Kamaru Usman. You fought yeah. a beautiful fight. You showed how a true champion doesn't lose composure. I'm sorry to Gilbert Burns. You came out, you gave it everything you had, and it was crushing to see you so crushed in the cage but you're going to be back brother you're in a hell of a fighter and you went out there and almost took the title you almost you almost put him away in the beginning so yeah it was fun to watch congratulations to alexa grosso (laughs) (laughs) phenomenal job tonight macy barber you'll be back for sure (laughs) for sure uh hopefully you guys enjoy the show and uh i want to thank you guys for uh tuning hit the thumbs up hit the subscribe button as well also I've had a bring lot of people. I know. Bring the bell. I've had a lot of people say, man, I didn't know you guys dropped it at eight today. I've been waiting all day. Well, hit that little bell and that will let you know when we drop it and uh, get your notifications. Please share and hit the thumbs up. We're trying to get at least 5,000 thumbs up and likes and uh, make sure you guys turn that bell on. And we thank you guys for tuning in. And John, let's go, baby. Tell me what you got. Last say. couple things. First off, I want to thank everyone. that's a new subscriber and the old subscribers for being with us for as long as you have. Thank you so much. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com and you can grab one of the great weighing-in t-shirts. Like that one. Or one of the multitude of ones. We might even have a special one coming out for St. Patty's Day. Not sure. But if you do go there, what is our promo code, Dave? Plethora. Plethora. I love that. So put in Plethora. You'll get 20% off. And you can wear one of the incredible wing in t-shirts. Go buy it now. And the last thing I want to say to you, Joshua, is it's always good talking to you, brother. But see you.